one of my best friends. She preaches water to me. And I'll go, yes, Kathy, I'm doing this. She always is on me. Water is important, and it makes a huge difference. I see a lot of people drink reverse osmosis water or purified water like Dizani. And uh, from what I've heard and read, purified water is stripped of minerals, causing it to leach out the minerals your body already contains. It also can contain harmful chemicals that are used to remove organisms like chlorine. I myself... (laughs) I myself prefer bottled spring water. It can be dangerous to drink directly from a spring. And really, who knows what's in the bottled water that I drink. But I'm definitely not drinking tap water. So remember, not all water is the same. And I believe spring water is the best. Anyways, welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to getting to know people. Baby. Facebook at getting 2 k people, getting 2 k people at gmail.com, soundcloud.com slash getting to know people. Do you know people that we should know that you want others to know? Let us know. Anyways, to the woman of the hour, Mama B. She lives healthier than anyone I know, and despite her age, I would put money on the fact that she exercises more than you do. I meant to ask her more about her military diet that she has been on for a year or so. You can only do this diet three days at a time, and four days of regular sensible diet is required in between. She initially lost 40 pounds and claims she can lose 5 pounds a week on this diet. I could never control myself enough to be on this diet, but I have a great amount of respect for her self-discipline and commitment and sticking with it. Here's what the first day of this 3-day diet sounds like. Breakfast. Half a grapefruit, one slice of toast, one tablespoon of peanut butter, one cup of coffee, and that's it. Now for lunchtime, by now I would have resorted to eating the people that I work with. But by lunchtime, you would eat half a cup of tuna, one slice of toast, and one cup of tea or coffee. For dinner, two slices of meat, one cup of green beans, one cup of carrots or beets, one apple, and one cup of vanilla ice cream so if you think you're hardcore or you just want to make a change try the military diet mama b is a champ and i hope that one day i can go to the ymca every day as soon as they open not joking here she is she never is seen without it
Like how you like don't feel any symptoms of like dehydration. Yeah. <laughs> These people drink seven, eight cups of coffee a day too. Mm. I never get that. All right. <clears throat> Hello. And welcome to Getting to Know People. My name is Alex Mann, and today we're here with the great Mama B. How are you doing today? I'm doing great today because you're here. Awesome. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good here too. So uh, I wanted to get you here, get you on here on this podcast today because I love hearing stories about how life was in other times. Um, <laughs> For one, one of the reasons, you don't, you don't have to go back uh, far. Uh, you don't, I, don't, I don't feel like you have to go back far in time. Uh, for like it to, 1941? For, for it to feel, yeah. <laughs> for it to feel like it's uh, for, like tales from another world. You know, it it when you hear about times like that, it doesn't seem like it's the same place. Um, another big reason is because the last time I visited you, you were telling me how healthy you're living now. Um, a lot of people today don't seem to care what they're eating or uh, how little they how little they exercise at all. At all. <clears throat> so I just want to get right to uh, right to where my attention goes to when I think about you. Um, what does your diet consist of? on an average day, if that's not too personal of a question. That's not a personal question. It's pretty boring. And um, one of my favorite things is peanut butter. And a lot of times I'll have a piece of toast with peanut butter and a cup of coffee. And that's the only cup of coffee I drink a day. Um, I'll eat my fruit. But a lot of times my apple and my banana have peanut butter on them. I love it. And try to balance my evening meal with uh, fish or chicken. Don't eat a lot of beef at all. That's good. Uh, vegetables and fruit. Those basically are the things. I was in, a, in food service for the school system for many, many years and learned that things have to be balanced. You need the balance in order for it to work. So much protein, so much vegetables, and so oh, much yeah. fruit. That's the key. Right, make the whole system. Yeah, I haven't right. always learned that. Mm-hmm. I haven't always done that, but I do do it now. Yeah, very much. I've been trying to love yeah. fish. Oh yeah, getting your uh, omegas. Mm-hmm. That's good. You gotta have. That's a uh, essential. Um, I had a. I used to have a uh, aunt that worked in the food service at, at the school, and she used to uh, slide me some free food every now <laughs> and then. Did you ever hook hook anybody up? Uh, yeah, oh, you, right. you, have, you have favorites, uh, but uh, they do. Uh, government requires that that all be a balanced and has to be a certain portion of protein, certain portion of fruits and vegetables. Like made available at the Made school. available. And uh, in the last few years that I worked, they went to, you know, you used to have your tray and, and the server would put it on there for them. And the kids got to choose their own portions. And that was amazing. Some of them really went big on fruits and yeah. uh, vegetables. It was interesting. Hmm. 
think it would be uh, it'd be cool if they could uh, make sure that uh, they're getting those same same balance at home. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like they look into that at all. Yeah, what you like, get at home and what you get at school are entirely different very, things, <laughs> right? Convenience at home, uh, requirements at school. Mm -hmm. It's the way it works. Right. And these uh, packaged lunch things that are offered to the children today are not balanced at all. They're just a lot of starches and sugars and right. yeah, preservatives. And yeah, a lot of preservatives. Like yeah. It's no good. So do you have uh, do you have like a main reason for uh, committing to eating and living this way? Um. It's been 11 years ago. I wasn't really watching what I ate, and my blood pressure was very high, 200 high, and you know, way over 100 in the bottom. And I finally developed an aneurysm in my brain from the high blood pressure. Um, had to go, and luckily went to Vanderbilt and had a gentleman by the name of Dr. Miracle right. who actually uh, did make a miracle, and I am here today because of him. Awesome. It uh, entirely changed my outlook on things. I promised myself that blood pressure would never be a problem again to me, and it is not to this day. Awesome. But I had to learn new ways of eating. I had to exercise and commit myself to those things. And I truly believe I'm here today because of the change. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. It was a very, very trying time for my family. Um, you don't always make it through those things. Right. I, was, I was one of the blessed ones. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know so whether for, you knew that or not. I, I, knew, a little bit, I knew, knew a little bit of that. I, was, I, I don't think I knew at the, at the time. But yeah, I'm definitely glad uh, glad things worked out the way they did. <laughs> Me and too. It's it's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy how like uh, things like tragedies like that uh, force us to force us to sometimes change or like creates a uh, positive from something so negative. You know, it's an eye opener. Uh, yeah, right. It really is. That you know, why am I still here? Mm -hmm. Like to do what? You know, you gotta wonder. Yeah. Like, how are you gonna? How are you gonna um, use that extra, like you know, like bonus time, you know, or like, like good, like any time, any time yeah. that you're, you're, you know, any years, like you know, what are you doing with them? I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been good. Oh, yeah. It's been productive. Right. Glad, you're, glad to hear that. Uh, for somebody, for somebody like myself who does not uh, conscience or keeps uh, a track of blood pressure, what is like a, a optimal range or like a safe range to be in? Um, for me, who's an average person, anywhere from 110 to 120, um, and the bottom line should be in the 60s to 70, mm. and mine are very consistent, whereas I would maybe run 110 over 220, and I would have my, I would, there was a friend in school who was a, a, the nurse there, 
still is a friend of mine to this day, and I knew when my blood pressure was high, I could feel it. And I would go down to her office and say, Sharon, I think you need to check my blood pressure. She'd check it and say, lay down. I said, no, I I know what to do. She said, no, I need to lay down. Because you, they will usually hospitalize you if you have blood pressures that high. Mm. But that was a very common thing for me then. And yeah. I wasn't on any blood pressure medicine or anything. And am not to this day. Yeah. That's great. What, uh, do you, would you, what, uh, do you uh, notice any other uh, benefits? Whether it's like physical or mental with uh, like your diet and activity change? Not so much with the diet as with the exercise. Uh, it empowers you. I uh, hate going through the door, but I love coming out. <laughs> um, it, 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 it gives you a, a, like a power over your body. You know you're doing good and it's going to help you. And uh, like I say, I, don't, I go to the YMCA here and they open at 530 and I go at the 5.30 when that door opens. And you'd be surprised how many people are standing there Wait, with man. me. Yeah. But get it done and get it over with and move on. Have a better That's how day. I have a better day because you can check that off. Yeah. And it's the same people every day with me. Waiting up there. It's our family. Cool. Yeah, it is. It's I very, love, very nice. I love the YMCA. I do too. We've got a lot to offer. We have a golf course, a miniature golf course at our what? YMCA. Yeah. Oh, my God. The only one in the United States. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. That's cool. Kids love it. I bet. So, speaking of kids, what, uh, what was your childhood life like? What was, uh, what was that like for you? Difficult. Really? Um, had a very loving intelligent, faithful mother. Mm -hmm. My father was an alcoholic. And uh, when he drank, he was abusive. Um, And it was the same for us all. So it was was quite difficult uh, growing up. Sometimes going to school tired, being awake at night. Um, But if if it hadn't been for my mother, we, we wouldn't have all made it. And I have three brothers, and I don't, none of them drink. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. Amazing people. They married wonderful, wonderful women. And I uh, had three wonderful sister-in-laws. Those were, those were the good parts after we right. got older. And um, it's very close to my brother. My brother was a year. We were just all a year apart, uh, very close to my brother. Who was a year younger because uh, the two older ones were always in athletics and playing and I uh, used to laugh uh, my mother hung more jockey straps on the line outside than anybody in the neighborhood <laughs> but it, it was it was different it was quite difficult sometimes right. <coughs> you guys were uh, you guys were able to uh, kind of break away from Break away from that. That, that when was you the, left the house. Or yeah, um, my oldest brother Red. He's two years older. His name is Thomas. We mm-hmm. called him Red because he had red hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went away to college and never came back. Never came home. Um, 
he signed a professional baseball contract with the New York Yankees, but you didn't know that either. No. Um, he played one year, and then in spring training, <clears throat> he was batting practice and got a hit in the eye and detached his retina, but he's still very involved in sports today and uh, lives in Richmond, Virginia. Mm. And um, my brother Harold lives in Florida, and he's still very active in sports and golf and things. That's, that's what I grew up with. That, right. that helped a lot. The sports. Yes, to be able to get out and do. Like a structure? Yeah. Kept a structure to you guys? Mm -hmm. It was, you know... It kept, like you said, you could get out, you could do. Mm. Nobody knew what I knew, mm. and that helped. Yeah. No sleepovers, though. Right. <laughs> Are you cutting that off? No, yeah, I'll just cut this out. Sorry. Uh, some donuts down there? No. <laughs> Water. <coughs> oh yeah, one more. Uh, while we're talking about your uh, brothers, uh, I think somebody somebody suggested me a long time ago. I forgot to ask, uh, or maybe I did, but uh, was told your. Was one of your brothers uh, uh, like almost got in a fight with Muhammad Ali or something like oh, that? Oh yeah. <laughs> what was this? Can you tell well, me we the were, story about you that? You know, we were born and raised in in Louisville, <clears throat> and there was a place uh, on Fourth Street because I knew I, uh, my mother at one point uh, before she was married, she was like a, a dancer and in uh, plays and things like that. And I'm being raised with three boys and she thought I should be a dancer. And mm -hmm. I would go to this place for ballet and tap and always seemed to have a headache when it came to the ballet part. I didn't like that part of it, but there was also a gym there. And Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay as we knew him, mm -hmm. lived in the west part of Louisville. And, uh, he and my brother used to be, would ride the bus together to the uh, gym there where I used to take my lessons. Mm -hmm. And they got into an argument one day and um, I don't know if any punches were blown or thrown, mm -hmm. but somehow or another my brother got ejected off the bus. Wow. <laughs> so he, he, I'm sure still tells that story uh, to this day, but it's a true story. As your brother, not... Yeah. not Cassius who got no, rejected. Uh, <laughs> That's Cassius kinda... Clay went, there was a, a black uh, high school. Uh, I went to Manuel in Louisville and uh, there was a central high school where uh, the black um, children went and, and um, somehow or another they had to ride the same city bus together. So did, uh, <coughs> did he, did uh, Muhammad Ali already, already have any kind of fame or like any kind of clout back then? Because I don't understand. It seems like back then they wouldn't have kicked the white guy off, you know? Like what? <laughs> I don't know. He, uh, I guess maybe, maybe people already liked him at that uh, point. <laughs> my brother is, I'll re still refer to him as Red. He, he probably caused some of it. Yeah, he was a little mouthy yeah, and, yeah. and he was an athlete also. And yeah. He probably thought highly of his expertise mm -hmm. in his field, and mm -hmm. 
But yeah, Cassius Clay was, uh, he, I think, from a teenager, he knew who he was going to be and what he was mm -hmm. going to be. It, it was obvious. Strong personality. Yeah, very strong. Both my, my oldest brother knew what he wanted to do. Yeah. He went to a full scholarship in uh, Virginia on, uh, he played baseball and basketball. Was that the one who got the eye mm -hmm. fracture? He was the one that uh, went on and played professionally in baseball, but he, he was all mm. state in basketball in Kentucky too. So they the, Came from a very athletic family. Right, like yeah. the alpha sports guy clashing. <laughs> we still are. Clashing. We yeah. still are. <laughs> you know what I do on Saturdays? What's that? I watch all the college basketball games. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah, we, just, we did just. Oh, we got. Them. I got four what games we... in already. <laughs> Today. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Two, two at eleven and two at one. Nice. And I'll still have some tonight. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it makes my uh, uh, cold winter days on that's, Saturday. That's cool. What's, and Tuesday uh, nights. We just saw uh, what I liked. What I liked about it was, uh, uh, I guess, uh, seeing seeing people catch the elbows. I don't know why. It kind of kind of slides over in the, into the sport that I like to watch. Don't you love the replays? It's Slow like motion start, of yeah, hitting an it's elbow. Like, it's like almost <laughs> almost like a UFC. It seemed like there's a lot of people getting hit with elbows, but uh, what's your favorite part of watching basketball? What's your favorite moments or your favorite thing to see? My favorite thing to watch is uh, Louisville or UK and Duke get beat. Mm. Those are the things I uh, look up on the schedules to find when Duke is playing and when they're going to get beat. All right. Uh, but they pulled it off today. Nice. They they. Didn't lead the whole game, but they, they always pull it off in the end. Mm. Um, but I do love college basketball. I'm not much on professional basketball. No. I love football, NFL football, but not college football. It's sort of strange. Yeah. But I, love, I think growing up with all the sports, I played softball and tennis growing up, and it was just a part of my life, and it's still to this day. It, it's... Uh, something it's good entertainment for me and i enjoy it i enjoy watching it yeah that's good i'm glad you had that i'm glad, glad i you have had that it. in your life <clears throat> so uh how are uh how are how would you say things are different now compared to how things were compared to how things were the time you were coming out of uh adolescence and becoming more aware of the world around you as an adult, did that did that even did that make sense as a sentence? What I just said. What's <laughs> the difference? Yeah, what's the difference between night and day? Night and day. <clears throat> um, when I was growing up, there was a thing called respect. Mm. I I don't see that a lot today. Um, I see a lot of entitlement from young people, right. and I think we as parents need to take a lot of blame for that because we've allowed it to happen. Um, you know, we had things we had to do. We had chores. And I don't know what an allowance was. I never got one. Money was tight. My, my mom worked for the school system in uh, uh, Louisville, and my dad was a truck driver. <clears throat> um, you know, there were six of us that, we're fed every night, 
And I remember, I always remembered sitting at the dinner table because my mom would come home from work and that meal would be prepared. And somehow or another, a lot of times there was dessert there at the end, how she did it, I'll never know. But she sat at the head of the table, my dad sat at the other end, and I sat next to my mom because when that bowl passed me, it never came around again. Really? You know, the rest of them were men. You never saw oh, that man. mashed potatoes or <laughs> <laughs> amazing uh, meals. You know, nothing elaborate. Uh, you didn't always have a lot of meat. Mm -hmm. uh, things were just different. There was there was that word respect. Right. And I don't really see a lot of that today. I think, for me, the thing that I notice now is uh, because I have two, um, uh, I can't call them my grandchildren, but they're two children that I was there when they were born and have sat with them and taken care of them. Uh, Alex is 11 and Lad is six. And I've done that for 11 years. Uh, they've become a part of my life and they both go to Catholic school. That's something they teach there. They teach respect they teach manners, and they do a marvelous job on experiencing who God is and what he is and why he's here. And uh, it's, it's just amazing to me the difference between how the public education today is handled as far as uh, the consistency of the Catholic schools. Right. A lot more in education than there is on other things, right. but a great deal of respect. Yeah, I don't see much of that either today. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I've always uh, kind of noticed uh, that like, you took, <clears throat> took, uh, took care of a lot of kids. Uh, seemed like you do a lot for, uh, for, uh, for children. Um, what, what, like, uh, do you, uh, what's like, what do you get the most out of, or what is like your, what do you think? What is like the greatest benefit you get from like, bringing, why I'm from, drawn like, raising, to it. raising kids and like you know teaching them uh, how to? I don't know. I don't. I, I guess God gave me a love for babies, mm -hmm. and uh, I love taking care of them. Um, and I didn't have that opportunity so much with my grandchildren because uh, my daughter lived in California. I was there for both of their births, as I was there for years, but you, you all were always at a distance, and, and I missed that, mm -hmm. uh, being able to be a part of your lives, right. whereas if you lived in the same community I did, mm -hmm. uh, got to spend more time with you right. than I did uh, Noah and Wyatt, and same goes for today. Mm -hmm. I don't have that opportunity. But I'm drawn to children. Um, I worked in uh, food service for nine years at an elementary school in Henderson and then went to the high school. Uh, just enjoy being around kids. Yeah, seems to be um, really good with them. I, I love it. I oh, do. Yeah. Spend a lot of time with Alex and Lada, too, and, and still are. I'm still doing it today. That's good. That's good that it uh, seems like you get. Uh, Almost as much as like you get, you put into it. I get a lot out of maybe it. Maybe more. Um, you just uh, want to let you know that uh, 
as one of those people that you put that time in for, uh, it definitely made a, a huge difference for me, and I appreciate it. Made it for both of us. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. You had a good mom. Yeah, I did. Uh, let's see. What were... Uh, Kids, too, there's not that many challenges. You You can give of some things. I know when Lada, I would take her, her mom would bring her sometime, a lot of times, because she worked like a 12-hour shift, shift. She was a nurse, mm -hmm. and she did the same with Alex and Lada. She'd bring them to me. Uh, there's five years difference between them, so I usually just had them one at a time, but she would bring them to me like at 5.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it was my responsibility to get them breakfast, get them fed, and get them to daycare. And I re can remember with Lada all the time we rode in the car to daycare. We either sang or we'd learn to spell her name or we would count. And there's just so many good opportunities with kids. Right. Uh, and they absorb it and they don't forget it. Yeah. That's the best That's thing. Cool is to hear Ladder or Alex say, Mama B, do you remember when? Mm. Well, that's cool. It is. It's, it's very rewarding. Right. Like spelling coming home from a vacation. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just didn't like to ride. You, you were mad because uh, Noah got to ride home on an airplane. Oh, right. <laughs> you had to ride in the car. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like a long drive. It was a long drive. <laughs> but it was fun while we were there. Hell yeah, it was. Yeah. <clears throat> it was definitely worth the ride. If I would have just uh, calmed down. <laughs> you, did, you did fine. If I would have just chilled out. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's how you don't talk to kids. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> what are, uh, what's like one or Two, or what are some of your biggest challenges you faced in uh, life, and how did you overcome them? How did you overcome them, and uh, what did you learn from them? <laughs> this is really going to sound strange. <laughs> when I graduated from high school, I couldn't read. Really? Could not read. Wow. Couldn't really spell very well either. I, I spell better today than I've ever done. And my reading is constant. I, I, every time I go to the Y, I, I get through what I have to do because I read through it. Um, and I knew that I couldn't read. And there are ways that you can compensate for that. Uh, avoid ever having to read in, in class or anything like that because I, I couldn't. Right. Uh, and then when I graduated from high school, <clears throat> uh, my first real job was with a, <laughs> you know, believe this, <laughs> was a, a proofreader for a printing company. Your eyes are really big. Uh, that, uh, that wasn't too hard. You, you knew when words were misspelled, but then after that job, I, uh, I worked at medical school in uh, University of Louisville. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of time on my hands, and I wanted to know 
what all these classic books were that people were reading in college and all of that. Mm -hmm. That's when I started reading, and I kept a dictionary beside my book that I was reading. And if I couldn't pronounce it, I would look it up. And it took me a couple years to develop it, but I finally learned how to read. And I'm an avid reader to this day. You taught yourself it. how to do it? Yeah. Wow. And I know people wouldn't believe that, but it, it's a true story. Yeah. That Man. you could graduate from high school and couldn't read. It's crazy that like, teachers mm -hmm. would allow that. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't think you could get by with it today. but uh, Maybe, maybe. I don't know. You probably, I'm sure you could find a school that would that you could get by with it. You know? Yeah. There's just so much you can learn. I love history. Hmm. I've been uh, really getting into it, too. I love autobiographies. Uh, read a lot of mysteries. What's your favorite Ad book? Adventure. My favorite book. <sighs> There's just so many. What's your favorite book in the past year, then? In the past year? Yeah. I never remember the author's names. And most time I can't even remember the title. Hmm. Uh, just a lot of mysteries. Yeah. I, I can't remember all the names. If you would open my uh, iPad, they're just rows and rows. Right. I got to send them to the cloud now because wow. there there's so many. I probably read uh, ten to fifteen a year, just exercising at the Y. That's cool. I don't read. Uh, I read spiritual at home, but I don't read novels and and. Um, books, mystery books, and things like that uh, at home. Mm -hmm. uh, I um, um, am taking a theology class now, and I have a lot of reading to do. And it has to be slow and methodical for me, but I would never think of going to class unless I were prepared and unless I've read my chapters and, and things like that. And I have a lot of reading for my Sunday school class. So, what is theology? Theology is an understanding of the Bible, mm. uh, why God did what He did, uh, what His grace means. Uh, it's the book over there. It's that thick. See which one I mean? Yeah, that is huge. It's heavy and thick, and I'm three fourths of the way through it. Do they, uh, that was a commitment I made a year ago, is to do that, finish it. It's almost done. Awesome. You have to go to class every Wednesday night. Do they ever talk about like the origins of the religion itself, like how that was created? Martin Luther. Do they talk about... Uh, sorry to go this route, but... No, it's okay. Do they, do they, uh, do they ever talk about... Um, like ever being on any kind of mind-altering drugs, like when that was, because I heard I heard something about uh, like the, you know, like the smoke, the smoke chain ball thing, the mace smoke thing. What's that called? I don't know. And then they the ash smoke that they like go around in church and like kind of. Oh, you mean in the Catholic Church? Yeah. Uh, What's that I don't. Thing I don't. My mother was Catholic. <clears throat> my father wouldn't. She was uh, raised in a Catholic home. She went to Catholic school. Uh, things that, some of the things that bother me now 
and my, my son, your father, we were, right when he was getting ready to go to London, we were doing the ancestry thing. I cannot tell you the name of any of my grandparents. They were all deceased before I was ever born. Really? Uh, my uh, mother's mother died when she was 16 years old, and she was the oldest of eight children. Mm -hmm. uh, I never heard their names mentioned in our home. I have no idea what they looked like. I knew that they were not alive, you know, as I grew older when I was born. Um, I really missed things like that. I can't wait till Bill does come back home because we were just getting into it. I don't know how to do it. So you don't, you don't even, so do you not know like your nationalities or anything like that? Wow. Mm -mm. I know my mother's maiden name was Lincoln. Um, I don't know, other than that, I don't know my grand, my grandfather, I don't know her Abraham. name. Huh? <laughs> I said Abraham. Abraham. Uh, <laughs> we won't go there. Really? That was always uh, a question. Really? That that's where, you know, that he was uh, ancestor, Abraham Lincoln. Was he like six, <clears throat> six foot something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. But it was, it was strange. My dad would not allow us to go to Catholic church. My mother took us every Sunday to the Baptist church and joined the church. When my youngest brother, Jimmy, left home, there weren't any children at home. My mother went back to her church and was buried in her church. It was amazing to me what she did. I'm a Baptist today because of my mother. But more importantly than being a Baptist, I'm a Christian. And I always think about her because that's what she did for me and my brothers. She gave us a very stable, loving life. I miss her every day. Yeah. I'm glad you had, uh, glad you had somebody like that and you didn't, you know, he had at least one one parental figure. I say I miss like my mother more because she never thought I did anything wrong. I probably didn't, but she always led me to believe I never did anything wrong. Yeah. I know how I know how that feels. You got a mother like that too. Yeah. That does help a lot. It's good to have somebody like that when you can all you, you can always every... trust in them. Right. You can always lean on them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're painfully honest, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's it's what we need. Right. But the good thing is she's still living on through you, and you yeah, know, you can still keep her actions, her you know the way she lived a life by learning, you know, keeping keeping some of that going. But that's basically basically what <clears throat> the theology class is uh, an understanding. You know, I've read through the Bible many times mm -hmm. but I don't think I've ever understood what I've read uh, first time you do it you, you do it to read it to say you did it then every other time after that you read with more understanding but this <clears throat> theology class has given me an in-depth 
understanding of why it is what it is. So what's the difference between Christianity and Catholicism? Beliefs, rituals. So what, were they created at the same time? Or how no, did, Catholics when, were here a long time before. When did Christians happen? When did Christianity start? Yeah. When God became into existence. So, now don't ask me how God got here. He's always been here. Catholic, you said Catholicism <laughs> was before Christianity. I can't answer that. I, I, I don't know. I read mm. a uh, book called The Pillars of the Earth. And your familiar. dad, I gave it to your dad to read. He found it interesting also. And that's uh, talked about and went through the uh, original Catholic mm. existence and writing the scrolls and uh, deciphering uh, the Latin um, I think that might be the book I need to look at, look into. It's it's quite interesting. Mm. Uh, it was more to me when I read it. It was it was more of a um, regime more than a church. It ha it was powerful. Mm. The Catholic Church was very powerful then, as it, it is to this they day. They use it to control people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you like you either did what they said. Was it in order to keep people safe? Was that the idea? It was uh, more. Um, I'm I'm looking for the right word. It was more of a. To preserve the cause, or like more of a dictatorship uh, than a power power. It thing. was a powerful. Uh, what. But the Pope said, and things like that. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> things have, have changed over the years in the Catholic Church. 30 years ago, they didn't know there was a New Testament in the Bible. It was all Old Testament. Mm. They, most people refer to the New Testament now as the Gospels. And you'll hear Catholics talk about the gospel all the time. Um, they're still very deep in their rituals and things like that. Um, they're, they're, they're a big believer, and which I think is great, in family. Mm. When I was growing up, if you were a Catholic, you did not go to church on Sunday you didn't have an excuse for not going to church on Sunday. It was compulsory. Mm. Those things have changed also. Right. Women wore the little, always had to mm. wear a hat, you know, to church and right. things like that. I got to do a lot in the Catholic church growing up because my uh, mother still had, you know, sisters alive and things like that. And I had an aunt, one of her sisters, my Aunt Alma, would a lot of times take me on the weekends because I was the only girl in that mess. And she'd always take me to church with her. I'd always go to midnight mass and Christmas and, and things like that. So I had a, a little knowledge of the Catholic Church. Um, my mom never mentioned it. Hmm. Uh, I'm just, 
amazed at what she did. That sounds like a really great, great woman. She was. One second, just want to save this real quick. So make sure that it's saved. Am I talking too much? No, you're talking this. So we got that. We had some good, good points. I, I really want to <clears throat> find somebody, and I, and I know I can. If I, I just need to uh, make my mind up to do it, that will go through with me through this ancestry process, um, because I would like to leave that to my children. They know who I am. They know who their grandparents were. But other than that, they don't know anything because I don't know anything. That's crazy. It's, it is crazy <laughs> to think that, and I never ask. All right. I, I don't know why. Hmm. But it, it bothers me now that I, I don't know anything about my ancestry. I, I really didn't uh, pry into my ancestry either. I, I, just, I just remember hearing that I'm Italian, <clears throat> German or something. Or not Italian, German and Irish. And yeah, then, I, I heard I just, that. I just pretty much left it at that. <laughs> See, when you were born, uh, my dad was already deceased. Hmm. Uh, you're grandfather Roy his parents you you were they were all still alive when you were born mm -hmm. when my mother died you were born a month later really? I still have the she always knitted a blanket or crocheted a blanket for all of her uh, grandchildren mm -hmm. I still have yours it's unfinished uh -huh. And whenever you're ready for it, I'd, I'd be happy to give it to you. Cool. Have you ever seen it? Uh-uh. I'll show it to you. Cool. That'd be nice. I've, I've kept it all these years. Oh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. She did that, and um, she died about a month before you were born. Yeah. She was looking forward to it. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to be the first. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really cool to look at that. <clears throat> so, uh, I guess to get away from uh, your challenges, hope that didn't uh, bring you, bring you down. To go back to your challenges, that was a really uh, like empowering story to teach teach yourself to read and you know like somehow manage to. No, not everybody knows school. that. All right, that's pretty cool. I'm not yeah. even sure your dad knows that. No. Or your aunt. Wow. It was embarrassing, but I was determined. I, I could not go. I could not go on. I could not work. I couldn't do anything until I taught myself how to read. Wow. And I could not believe that they didn't know I didn't know how to read. I hope... Uh... I hope somebody else uh, hears that and maybe can relate to that with some other situation and use that. I have a friend uh, who I shared that with because he shared with me that he could not read. Hmm. Your dad would go out to community college and teach reading people hmm. who couldn't read. Did you know that? No. Yeah, he did. He went Without knowing that you couldn't at one point? Yeah, no, he didn't know that. Uh, I don't think he knows that. 
uh, he would volunteer at the elementary school at Bengate to help the kids in the afternoon with their homework and reading. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so, uh, so those were probably some darker times. Uh, what are some times that you would consider the brightest or the best in your life? Marriage is good. Yeah. Children. Uh, I never had horrible labors or birth. It was always two children, very easy for me. I don't know why. That's good. Um, the adventures of moving from the only place I was born and raised and knew in Louisville, Kentucky to Arizona. That was to on the desert. <clears throat> uh, your dad was 19 months old when we moved and had found out the week before that I was pregnant with Michelle. So that was an experience, but good. I liked it there. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have stayed there. Uh, we lived on the Mojave Desert. Um, and uh, we came back this way because of family. And um, I still still love the West to this day. Would live there now if I could afford it. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> Did you? I said I would. I would live there too if I could afford it. Well, like in California. Yeah. I liked going where Michelle lived. I liked Gilroy. It reminded me of Henderson because right. it wasn't big and had about the same population. I liked the weather. Um, <clears throat> but I think um, raising my children, um, I think I did a good job. Um, what we decide to do later in life, whether it be with our children and things like that, doesn't always go the way that you want it to. Mm -hmm. Things happen. Um, and I've experienced, you know, divorce and all of that. And it's, it's, you always hear people say that divorce is worse than death, mm -hmm. and they're right, because death is final. You can move on. Mm -hmm. you, you never move on with divorce. You see it when you see that person or things like that. That's always been bothersome to me is divorce, and yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. It's a horrible, horrible time, and it never goes away. So would you maybe uh, not recommend marriage? <laughs> no, I, I, I think that would, that would be my advice. To <laughs> personally, just don't even risk it. Well, uh, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about all that divorce talk? It was terrible. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> that, well, and then some of us have other experiences. Mm -hmm. You you were a very wise young man. Sometimes. No, you were. Mm -hmm. Very <laughs> perceptive. Yeah. You avoided it divorce. You didn't have to worry about that now. Right. Uh, but like I said, I do not recommend it. Wouldn't anybody. recommend it. <laughs> it. It's just, it never goes away. Yeah, it seems like a really, I don't have any really animosities. Hard, hard I don't have any hatred 
or anything like that. Uh, I just think it's horrible. It's time. still got to be traumatic to go through the, you know, you're committing to something where in your head that's all, that's your life, and then, you know, it's just gone. That's got to be, I could definitely understand that. And you all reap percussions, your grandchildren reap percussions mm -hmm. from it. Right. I mean, yeah, everybody around you. No, we've never had a discussion why mm -hmm. that you're not close to someone. Right. And I wonder why, but it's it's not going to change. Right. So we just we just go on. Yeah. So uh, one thing I've been struggling with recently uh, is just doing like too much. I've been trying to eat like uh balance out like my work that I don't enjoy with like things that I do enjoy outside of work and uh like I'm really uh really like enjoying like this podcasting thing doing other things uh like filling my time making it uh making more and more of my life enjoyable but in doing that it it's just harder to juggle that and my job, and you know, I, ju I just keep, uh, I'm just like going where, wherever my mind will take me right now, basically, and uh, it's, it's just, it just gets like difficult with like a full-time job. Uh, have you ever felt like you're doing too much, or like you're taking on too much in your life? What, uh, what, and uh, what, what has that been like for you? I think, uh, I have to, first tell you, and I, I think I revealed that to you today, that I'm obsessive compulsive person. I feel that way every day because I, until if I have a, a, a thing that I have to do tomorrow, it's not that I don't want to do it, but I feel better after it's done. Mm -hmm. I do potluck dinner here where I live for all the ladies to get us to do things together. Right. We're a community. We're a family, whether they like it or not. We know each other's sorrows. We know each other's illnesses, which scares each of us half to death mm -hmm. because we don't know, except for the grace of God, next week there go I on oxygen. Uh, that's just how I am made. Till I get that dinner done and the preparations for it, it's like when I walk out of that kitchen over there, I go, whew. Yeah. Um, I've really felt that a lot coming over here, like the community feel. Like uh, you guys are all, like the family feel over here, like with every, <laughs> like, it seemed like you taking care of everybody, pretty much, or like trying to. I feel like you'd be like, uh, like in a, in a Walking Dead situation, you'd be like the, You'd be like the head, one of the head people, like taking, like making, putting everything together and organizing. But why things. do you think God let me live 11 years ago? Mm, maybe that's why. I feel like that was my purpose. There you go. Um, to take care of Vlad and Alex, because I had my surgery on January the 21st, and he was born on January the 25th. Wow. Uh, and we've been together ever since. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's, 
that's where I do well. I'll ask, I have, I have different groups of friends. I have a, my people here. I have my Sunday school class that I've been with for over 40 years. We are a family. They know my every want and need. I don't even have to say anything. I've got a group of friends that I always play tennis with. We meet every Tuesday. My doctor is my one of my closest friends, and there's about six of us that still do things together. And I, I ask them all of that group, I say, why is it all my ways, my responsibility, that I have to make the phone calls, that I have to set up if we're going to go eat Mexican tonight, if I have to do this and I have to do that, why is it always me? Because until I get it done, it's a weight lifted yeah. because of my personality. And their response is, because we know we can count on you. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> So Somebody that's a good feeling. It. Yeah, that is pretty good. Even though it stresses, is that you know people do appreciate you. You don't hear it enough. You'll never hear it enough. Mm -hmm. But you have to have that self-satisfaction of you're doing what I meant to do. Were you, uh, were, you all, were you like that before the surgery? Or were you more like that afterwards? Not to the extent that I am now. I feel uh, when the resident came out and told Michelle, there was nothing they could do. It was a 12-hour surgery. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I, I felt at peace doing it. I had no other choice. Right. Uh, waiting three months to have it done was hard because you never know when it when it will rupture. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, and then for Doctor Miracle to step in and said, "I'm going to take care of this." And you normally, when you have a, a vessel that leads into those aneurysms and the, that's where the blood goes and it they swell, you normally have one vessel. And the problem was I had three, and they. They put a band around them, uh, a titanium band, mm -hmm. and tighten off the flow. It was hard for them to get those titanium bands on there. But he did it. And I knew from the time that I got home and I knew what had happened, I had a purpose. Yeah. I've always known I've had a purpose, but it has become more aware to me after that than any other time. And even though sometimes I dread the things that I'm responsible for, I know when I do it that that's my reward. I do it. Are there any other uh, changes or realizations that you had after that? I can't really... I just felt blessed. Mm -hmm. I was at total peace going into it. Because really? I knew one way or another, God was going to take care of me. I did. I, had, I wasn't anxious. Just fully accepted your situation. Yeah. Uh, whether his name was Miracle 
Did it have an effect on me? <laughs> it sure did. Yeah. And he was the uh, nicest man. Because <clears throat> the day I had no symptoms. I didn't have headaches. I didn't have any of that. And the day that I went to the emergency room here, because I thought I was having a stroke, uh, they did a CAT scan. They didn't see anything. It was the MRI that showed the aneurysm. And they took me from there to uh, Dr. Cobb in Evansville. He wouldn't do it. He said, I, I, I can't do it. And he's the one that referred me. I don't think change, I was anxious those months waiting because he has, he does about 250 of them a year. And they come from everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I was anxious, but I can honestly say that that day in that prep room, you know, when they get to, I was in total peace. I had friends there, my brother was there, my daughter was there. I was at peace with it. And I really, it just came, I, the thing that changed, I became more aware of what I've been doing all along, but it was something I knew that that's what I was supposed to be doing. What I'm doing now is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Didn't seem and like I, you had and much I of a get choice. the question here all <laughs> the time why do you do that? Mm -hmm. Why do you do this? Mm -hmm. Can you give us an example of what, what things they would ask you about? Uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of these ladies are Hendersonians. I'm not. Mm. I don't have any family here. Right. You're all dispersed <laughs> everywhere. Right. <laughs> so uh, the, this last Easter, and I'll probably do it again this Easter, those people who are left here, mm -hmm. they don't have a, anybody to go have dinner with. So I fixed uh, Thanksgiving. I mean, I fixed an Easter dinner, and some of the, some of these ladies can't come out, and I made sure that somebody had a dinner. That's and if they wanted to come out, tables were set up and stuff like that. That's amazing. Just because people don't have anybody doesn't mean they still can't enjoy. Right. It 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 means as much to me to have them here as it meant for somebody to do something for them. I'm sure that make, makes a huge difference. It, it, it's very rewarding right. to do it. That's good. And those potlucks? Yeah. Hey. You hate the potlucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, last time we uh, did, I tried to have a theme and I called it uh, crock, pot, crock, pot, crock pot potluck. <laughs> We had 12 crock pots lined up with soup in it, and they weren't any of them alike. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> and we played bingo. We had prizes for the bingo. And, and they really come out. They really yeah. come out and do it. It's very rewarding to do it. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, it's my personality that i got to get it done. And then when it's over with, Feel it's better. a relief. Yeah. I feel like that with podcasting sometimes. You, I mean, I, I feel I feel good about leading up to it, but uh, sometimes it's like a little. I feel a little anxious just setting everything up and hauling hauling everything around and going from one building to another. There's always prep. Yeah, but then when it's when it's done, I get like a like a huge like internal reward. Like I, I was going to say, great after. It's is done. it rewarding enough for you to do it? 
yes, but not at the rate that I'm doing it. <laughs> it's, re it's rewarding enough to where I'm probably going to just do it once a month or something now. Well, it's see, I don't have time. a job. Right. I don't have any. You should podcast. I don't have any <laughs> responsibilities. Yeah. I, I get to do what I want to do. But if you don't do it, then you're always left with guilt. Why did I not want to do that? Right. Why do I feel guilty? Yeah. And it's a lot easier to go on and do it For sure. and feel good about yourself yeah. because that's what you're meant to do. Right. Yeah, I've got a few of those uh, from my past where I've, you know, where that it's to this day eggs at me to where I didn't do it and where it's, you know, I let too much, too much time, 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 opportunities and things line up to do things, stuff like this. I, I, I jump on it to the, on these days. You've shared some things with me that you want to do. I want you to do them. Yeah, me too. I want you to work them out, <laughs> and will. I don't want you to wait I will. forever no. to do it. Mm -mm. You're young. You got you got a lot of time to do some of this stuff, mm -hmm. and it will it will really make you happy to be able to do what you want to do. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna find a way. Just gotta prioritize things. How do you? Um, how do you prioritize things to keep your life in balance? I know what I'm gonna do when I get up. As you plan it out. If I don't have it because I'm an early riser, <clears throat> on the days that I go to the Y, I'm up at 4.30. <clears throat> I'm done by 2. PM. If, if I have to clean or I have to go to the grocery or I have to do laundry, whatever I'm going to do, I'm done by 2 o'clock because I, I don't have anything left. I'm 76. I have not the energy I used to have. I'm still good, I'm still fine. Mm -hmm. I'm healthy. I'm not on a bunch of meds. Some of these ladies here are taking pain medication, like Dilaudid, three and four times a day. They never get out of bed. Not bad, I wouldn't. <laughs> you can't. All right. And they wonder why. I don't have to experience that. As long as I can keep moving and do what I feel I need to do, um, I know exactly what I'm going to do every day. That's awesome. See? You should have a podcast. You should. You should like. <laughs> you could like help other people like you. No. That would be good. <laughs> it's just. It's just who I am. All right. And I can't expect everybody to be like me. Right. And then those are the hard parts is, well, why don't you do this? Or why don't, uh, I can't do, I can't say those things. I have to, right. I have to hold them back right. now because okay. it, it's not helping. I know, yeah, I, I realize and it's, the same it's thing. really, I don't, I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. those, those are works in progress. Right. That's true. Got to let them do their thing. Uh, what, what advice would you give, uh, Work, works and processes or uh, would you give me or anyone else whose life feels out of balance or has like too much just like putting too much on their plate or like may maybe maybe they're putting somebody else's burden or food on their plate you know like they're using their own using that space for somebody else what, what would you how would you 
I think you have to prioritize. I think uh, my friend Buzzy always says when I'm talking about whether it be finance or whatever, he always says, let's put pencil to paper. Uh, Man. I've learned that from him. Somebody else I listened to said that a lot. And the same pen, thing pen goes. To the pad. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing goes to your wants and what you want to do. Uh, I think I think seeing things for me have make a difference when I when I do write them down. Mm-hmm. Whether uh, what do I have to do to get to this? What do I have to sacrifice, and is it worth the sacrifice if this is what I want to do? Sometimes writing it, I have never, you probably don't believe this, I've never been. I believe what you've been saying so far. (laughs) Well, I've always said that I'm not good at expressing myself, and I don't feel that I am, but I can write it. I, my thoughts are better written than they are said. That's how I feel I, too. I, I can't think of. I can't always think of the right word. Right. But I write better than I think when I write it down on paper, and I I feel that way about what you want to do, how you prioritize it, and how you get there. It doesn't make any difference at your age. If it takes you eight or ten years to get what you want, you got a whole life in front of you. Mm-hmm. Thirty-six isn't old anymore. Mm-hmm. Seventy-six isn't old anymore. Right. As my doctor always says, I'll get you to eighty, but you're on your own after that. <laughs> yes. Don't pay attention to her. Uh, hey. <laughs> Would you like to come say hello? All right. <laughs> uh, damn, forgot and what I was about to say. I was going to say too. My door is never locked. Oh, don't this, say that. Except at night, right. I lock it when I go to bed. All day long. And we got armed guards here. <laughs> they'll, they'll just come in. So don't even try it. <laughs> and they'll sit down. Oh, and yeah. I, and sometimes I tell them I sit down. <clears throat> If the door's locked, um, I'm probably resting or something. And I would never lock it before 2. Mm-hmm. 2 o'clock's my cutoff. Unless I have a class or something at night, and that's right. not work. That's just sitting. But I said if the door's locked, I'm usually resting or something, which is very seldom. They still knock. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> What was I going to say? It's a very interesting place to live. Yeah, seems like it. What were you talking about before? <laughs> prioritizing. Prioritizing. Writing it down and looking pad. at it. Visually Thinking looking better. at it helps. I think. Yeah, it does. I lost my thought. If I would have wrote it down, I would have remembered. Huh? I yeah. said I just lost my thought. If I would have wrote know, it down, I would have remembered. And that's <laughs> uh, something that I'm not accustomed to doing. I've always gone to the grocery or done what I have to do. I'm, I never wrote anything down. Well, that sure has changed, and <laughs> right. I got a terrific memory. Numbers are my thing. Yeah. 
but I have to write things down now. Mm-hmm, me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> by, like every five seconds, that's not else good. it's gone. Right? <laughs> uh, that's as not long good. as I got paper, I'm all right. <laughs> All right, I'll come back to whatever that thought was. (laughs) We're talking about prioritizing. Yeah. It's gone. Okay. The advice that was, oh, that was like the perfect, perfect advice, awesome advice. I couldn't uh, come up with a better answer than that Uh, pen to the pad. Yeah. I've I've like heard that preached and re-preached it to other people, and it definitely makes a difference and helps your your brain out. Mm Mm-hmm. So have you ever uh, have you ever gardened or took care of a garden or grew your own food? When I was young, I'd say 10, 11, 12, uh, we moved a lot. My dad was a truck driver. He had a good job. He belonged to a union. But gambling your money and drinking it there's not anything left over. And that's why my mom worked. Mm. Uh, we, we didn't have any, I mean, we always had food, but we moved a lot. And I, you don't realize things till you get older, why you moved a lot. You didn't have money to pay the rent. Mm. But anywhere that we lived, when spring came, you're gonna laugh at this. You're gonna say, well, that's where I get it from. <laughs> I dig two rows by myself. We didn't have tillers and things, and we had, I had a shovel and a rake. I'd dig two rows, and I would plant radishes, lettuce. I don't know if we had tomato plants in or not. Just simple. That's right. I remember you telling me about that now. Simple stuff. Right. And I always did that wherever we lived until I probably got in high school and I didn't do it anymore. But it was... That's cool that you had something. It was something that I wanted to do. Right. That I enjoyed and looked forward to doing. That's cool. Yeah. I really really like... uh, the guy who takes care of things around here. So you guys got a really Lyman. beautiful arrangement. It's amazing. And and he does all the seasonal things you're supposed to do. You mm-hmm. know, when it's uh, time to take those seeds from those uh, sunflowers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he dries them. And uh, this year, I, I had, because he had stuff strewn everywhere. He had... Uh, um, pots and, and, and shovels and stuff down there in the pantry behind the kitchen here in the building. He had stuff everywhere. And I told, uh, asked Wendy, our manager, I said, we need to get Lyman a shed. So we had some money left over from, uh, we'll chip in some money so he can buy. He, he's got everything uh What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they're not perennials. They're he he plants pots now. He doesn't have to re container garden. Yeah, he doesn't have to plant annuals. Annuals. His he's got so much of that now. He doesn't. Have, he plants a few pots around the patio mm. out there. So we we give him you know somebody will give him five or ten or something like that mm. and. Uh, he had some money left over, and uh, I told Wendy, I said, look, 
the man needs this. Mm -hmm. He deserves to be able to put all of his stuff in one spot. Um, I said, I'll give you a hundred dollars. And I said, I think he said he had a hundred dollars left. We've got two now. I said, "Uh, you get homeland to throw in some money. And they did. He now has a shed out That's there awesome. back for his stuff, and he's a happy man. Oh, yeah. And he, you know, he puts his stuff on slats and dries them and mm. uh, things like that. He 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 keeps jugs of water to water, you know, the things like that. He's amazing. Right. Just amazing. Yeah, it looked it looked really amazing. Uh, this that summer I came out. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite band? You have a favorite musical artist? You won't know them. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to know them. Maybe somebody my, who hears this needs to know them. My favorite has, well, they're in different categories. My favorite that, that I have got to see, and well, I have a lot of favorite. I, the, the concerts that I've been to are like Perry Como. Love to this day, Joan Baez. Peter, Paul, and Mary. I remember one day I have on my iPod old songs, really old songs, and I have some of Peter, Paul, and Mary's songs on there, and I'd forgotten my reading, mm-hmm. and I had my iPad, mm-hmm. iPod with me, and I turned it on, and I thought, I, I, I guess I was singing a Peter, Paul, and Mary mm-hmm. song, and I turned around, and all these people were looking at me, uh-huh. I said, it's Peter, Paul and Mary <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> uh, got to see it. But I guess my all-time favorite would be John Denver. Ah, I don't know that name. Yeah. Michelle um, sent me for my birthday this year um, a tablecloth. You can use a tablecloth or a beach towel. Mm. And it says, you fill up my senses. Mm. Oh, but he, I've got, I got to see him maybe three or four times. But he was one of my all-time favorites. I was very sad. Yeah. What, uh, what genre of music would you say the other artists that you named would be? Uh, of course, uh, Peter Paul, and Mary, and uh, their their songs were. Uh, I don't know the word for it. Uh, Alex. Um, They were about issues. Mm. Uh, where have all the flowers gone? They've been picked by women, you know, for soldiers, everyone. Those were the, some of the most touching songs you'll, you'll ever hear of in that era. Mm. Joan Baez was a, was a folk, sort of along the same line. Um, Perry Como was just, he did a lot of different songs. Uh, he was just a singer that, you know, you liked his voice. He was very mild and mannerly. That sounds interesting. I think I'm, I'm definitely actually, I'm going to actually look those, look some of those names up and maybe, well, maybe play a little clip at the end of the podcast so other people can hear a little bit of it. Okay. Um, we got enough. Uh, I think we're, I think we're done uh, with good music now coming out. So I think all, we only have good music in the past, so we've got to just check all that out because it's not, it's not coming out anymore. You know, like the new music today they is just terrible. They meant something. Yeah. They, they, were, they were written and sung with a purpose. Mm-hmm. 
especially Peter, Paul, and Mary's, um, and and uh, Joan Baez too. She she was one of my favorite. But living in uh, uh, a city the size of Louisville, I had opportunity. I had a, and I love music. Music is a big, big part of my life. Classical. When I was in junior high school, I had a, a teacher, a male teacher, who was my homeroom teacher. I don't know if I had him for any classes. <clears throat> I don't know how he knew me as a student, but he had season tickets to the Louisville Orchestra. And when he couldn't go, for some reason or another, he always gave them to me. Wow. And, and I love, yeah. I do, I love all. And your dad does too. He loves all types of music. Mm -hmm. And I played, <laughs> I played in manual. I played in the marching band. Played clarinet. In the concert band, I played bass clarinet. And in the orchestra, I played oboe. Oh, yeah. So how many instruments did you, do you know how to play? They're basically you? all the same. Uh, fingering is oh. a little bit different in the oboe, and especially the tone. It was all wind instruments? Yeah. And that's where I met your dad. Really? Not your dad. <laughs> but your grandfather. I almost didn't catch that one. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I'm glad I got that. I have to write that down. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right good. before you speak. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I think music for me then and band was an outlet. You know, it was something that I could do. Right self-expression and we had a marvelous marching band we marched 120 in in uh, configurations i went to dupont manual high school and we spelt manual out every wow. game it was amazing that's crazy and a lot of work i bet yeah, yeah. i had that i videotaped uh, some marching band competition one time and i had has to be like thousands of hours of practice to get stuff like that done. And we didn't have a practice field at our school. We had to go to another place in the morning before school. You had to get get there your own way, mm. and you had to get back to school when marched. it was over with. You got marched there. No, yeah. it was too far. <laughs> but I mean, you had to be dedicated to do it. Mm. And none of us had cars in. Oh uh, yeah. Let me save this real quick. I think I remembered. This isn't going too long for you, is it? No, you've made it very easy. Okay, I, don't, I don't know what we're doing. So I just, it's just me neither. <laughs> we're just talking. Yeah. But it's, it really, You're uh, easy to talk to for me. Yeah, that's good. You're a good listener, and you're not. If you are, you you you're not that opinionated. No. Or you're I'm very trying easy. Not to be. You do you do a good job. Thanks. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I think that I remember what I was trying to remember before. Uh, you lived on the Mojave Desert. The Mojave Desert with the Mojave Indians. With the Mojave Indians, was that called a reservation at that time? Mm -hmm. And did you learn anything? What did you learn? What what kind of things did? Or did you learn anything from the Indians? And what kind of things did you learn from them? From living there or from the Indians? From the Indians themselves. Uh, Yatahe. Uh, don't ask me what that means. Yatahe. <laughs> That's the only thing I can remember. Uh, 
Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was during the uh, time of the uh, Vietnam War, mm -hmm. and uh, your grandfather was uh, just finishing his internship. Everybody got drafted, and you could apply to the Public Health Service, which uh, was a division of the Navy. You wore Navy uniforms and were paid by the Navy and all that. And if you got accepted, you didn't have to go to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And we had, a, we had applied uh, for a, a hospital in Seattle, which as a child, I lived in Seattle for a number of years during the end of war, World War II. And uh, we got accepted to the Public Health Service, but they sent us to an Indian reservation in Parker, Arizona, about 160, 65 miles south of Phoenix. Michelle was born in Phoenix. Um, it was the first time I'd ever been out of Louisville. Really? With one child and the other one in the womb. And uh, I liked it. Um, there were two other doctors there, a dentist. It was a six-bed hospital that was there for the Indians. Uh, 1,500 people in the town. They could not use that hospital unless it was an emergency. Uh, life or death situation because it was there strictly. The only place if you flew over that was green because it had a sprinkler system and it was all desert huh. around you. I think the thing that, that I learned the most was I was going to survive without my mother. My, my mother was very upset because she just found out I was pregnant. How was I going to do this without her? How, my thought was, how was I going to do this without her? But we were all in the same boat. We were there because we were sent there. Right. Um, the housing was wonderful. They provided everything. They paid for your phone. You shopped at commissaries. In fact, when we left Parker, Arizona, and came to Henderson to live, we had less money than we did when we were in the service because there were so many things that were paid for. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I learned that without, you know, a babysitter or something like that, you could survive because we had all we had was each other. Uh, two of the four of the people were from New York. Mm -hmm. You learned different customs. You learned how to cook different foods. Uh, you just did everything together. And where we were in Parker, we were uh, two hours away from Los Angeles because Colorado River ran right between the California border and us. And they would come on, the people from Los Angeles would come on the weekend to boat in that Colorado River. Mm -hmm. And it could, it could swell to 10,000, 15,000 people. We were two hours from there, got to go to the Grand Canyon many times because we were only two hours from there, Las Vegas. We were very centrally 
located and got got to see a lot of uh, things I would have never been able to do if right. I hadn't have been able to go there and live. Wasn't That's bad cool. at all. All right. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, uh, did either one of you guys ever become close with the Indians or any of the Indian people? Was there like... There was, uh, on the other side of the road, on our compound, on this side, we just had the medical aspect of it. There was a group on the other side, Corps of Engineers. We, we became close with some couples there. Became very close to our pastor in a very small church there and his wife. Uh, very close with them. But none of the Indians? No, went to some of their functions. Uh, those Indians, of all the Indians, probably in the United States, the Mojave are the richest. Because it's on the desert, the casino they yielded, they sold their, or they leased their land, and they would yield anywhere from two to three crops a year. Best cantaloupe I ever put in my mouth. Mm. Cotton. Um, I was trying to think of what else. But it, it was very pr- productive for them financially to be able to do that. So they were very well off. Was there a language barrier? Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's crazy to hear somebody talk about being alive during the World War II. You know, that's only something that I've heard, of, heard like, read about or anything. Yeah. Um, what was it like being alive during that time? Do you remember much? And what was, uh, what was like, maybe, like, the skip? Did you have, like, was there any uh, scary moments during that? Not really. No. Uh-huh. Was it Never felt uh, uncomfortable. Um, the ha- uh, housing was quite adequate. Um, the uh, nurses, some of the nur- I think there were a couple nurses. Uh, they had like an outpatient facility every day uh, for the Indians to come in and uh, knew some of the nurses. Very, very nice. Um, not the, It's an unusual situation so there no. as compared to a lot of other places. Um, I remember... There's a, a, a group of Indians in the bottom of the Grand Canyon called the Havasupai. And there's a doctor down there that's there all the time. In the bottom of the Grand Canyon? Bottom of the Grand Canyon. And you, you go by the donkey to get down to that. That was years and years ago. They may have different ways of getting down in there now, but that was used to be the only way you could get down there besides a helicopter. You had to ride the donkey down. And your grandfather, one time, we had to go stay up on the ridge of the canyon where the other uh, clinic was so that that guy could go down there and relieve the guy in the bottom for a while. And we stayed a week there. So were you, like, frequently, like, looking over the edge of this thing? I remember, yeah, some of that. But it's it's it, that wasn't a problem problem there was uh, Roy had to go down into the canyon one time and I had to stay up in the housing with Bill and Michelle and they were young children. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't have a hospital to go to for emergencies or anything like we did on the Mojave Desert. They would dump them on your front porch if there, if there yes. was, yeah, if there was a stabbing or any, and I remember one night I heard this thud at the door, and it's like, are you going to go answer it? Uh, no, uh, you want to ask uh, me to go uh, in? There was a body there. 
There was uh, a body there. <laughs> there was a body oh there. Oh my God. It was a whole, that, I, I can't remember. My baby. Who those Indians <laughs> were. I knew that the ones in the bottom were called Havasupai, but I can't remember what tribe that was up at the top. But it was an entirely different situation than what we were used to. Didn't well, have to do that very often. They were probably like, damn, I got to carry this white kid all the way. No, I, I never felt un, uh, when we went so there. Never, and, uh, I never felt uncomfortable. Did you ever, there's never uh, any thoughts of like being afraid like the Nazis were going to take over the world or anything like that? Uh, today, more so than any time in my life. Really, today you feel that way more than then. Oh my uh, God. I'm not afraid. You see uh, more of it? or I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, I don't like the divide of our nation now. Um, I, I don't have the answer. I just know that I'm not by myself. And I don't know whether it's an age thing or what, but I think we're more concerned than we've ever have been in my lifetime. Yeah. Because um, I've been through a lot of presidents. Um, in my opinion, I think we just lost one of the best ones we've ever had. More, well, more compassionate, mannerly, right. gentlemanly, family person, and everything. That's just my opinion. Yeah, from what I know uh, and have seen and listened to, I, I, I would have to agree. Yeah. That's the way it seems. But I don't have an answer. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I, I also feel like... Uh, feel like we're way too divided and it's just like people want to like <clears throat> like use these words too much like liberal and right democrat wing. right republican right right wing left wing uh conservative them uh something something conservative. what is all that crap <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but like i don't it's just ridiculous like i i don't believe in like in like like you have to like like i guess like you hear like some people's opinions on that side and you just assume like oh they feel that way so do I I guess I'm one of them I don't know like I guess I'd have to guess that I'm a liberal democrat or something but I really don't feel like I am I'm not gonna like you know I'm not backing anybody uh except unless they're pro-human and pro like world you know what I mean like I feel like that's the only classification we need like if you're either pro-human or you're like let's like dry up all the water for like a company like let's sell the water to companies and let's like like wall off people and not figure <clears throat> like figure out better ways like i feel like it's either you're like pro um human or you're pro not you're either you want like the world to keep like the earth to keep spinning or you don't you know what i mean like i don't i don't know how they hit like it's crazy i probably have never expressed myself to this extent with you. I don't do that. Uh, I don't know whether we're afraid to anymore. It's just that things are so radical and without understanding that are being done. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure people care what I think. I care what you think. Right. Uh, people close to me know, yeah, but I, I, I don't. Too. I don't. I don't talk 
this way out mm -hmm. of us sitting here like this. That's why, uh, that's a big, that's a big reason why I, like, how it came into my head, why, like, I thought I should do it, you know? It's like, it, uh, it's, uh, it, for, it kind of makes us do this, you know, like, if we're kind of sitting, mm -hmm. if I just came over and we just watched TV, we, we'd probably, like, we had a pretty deep conversation last time I was here, but I feel like if you just, like, set it up and you're like, we're talking, like, you know, I mean, it's almost like it kind of really, I feel like we do kind of go deeper and, uh. It makes uh I feel comfortable with you. Right, yeah, me too. I feel comfortable with you too. And uh I feel like uh like if you get comfortable I don't know, like I don't know, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> You're too young to do that. <laughs> I'm too young to do that. Uh you don't walk in the room and go, Why am I here? Oh, I do, I do. do in my, at my house, so yeah. Don't tell anybody. I do. No, okay? I, I, don't I tell just, anybody. I heard it. No, see, that, that's, the, that's the beautiful thing about podcasts and like forcing, uh, kind of getting other people to listen to other people. Um, <laughs> you can hear stories of other people like uh, that you can relate to. Like another, another podcast I listened to, somebody said... Uh, the, the exact same thing. Like I go around my house and then I go up, I go all the way upstairs and I'm in the room. I'm like, what the hell am I doing up here? And I'm like, yes, that's me. You know, like that, that, that like makes my days fly by at work. When Did I, I take a shower today? Right. Yeah. You end up like taking two showers. Like, oh man. Sad. Yeah. But I, I think that that is like uh, podcasting and like going back to like spoken word and like uh, just like listening instead of like videos this and that you got to have some kind of gimmick so people got something to listen to you got to haul around the camera it's a I really feel like the radio not radio but like the radio new radio like podcast is podcasting is, is like a really uh, it can be like a powerful like tool Mm -hmm. to do that and like communicate with people I've, it's been I've, interesting right I've definitely got like a lot a lot of uh, positive communication with the people that I've sat down with I enjoy it good what's your favorite dish to eat <laughs> pop question pop quiz hot shot <laughs> have you seen that movie do you know what I'm talking about no. okay just check it uh, my favorite dish to eat uh, almost anything with pasta. I mm. love pasta. Mm. I have stayed away from it a lot. But I was about I, to say it's the devil. I, I know. I was trying um, not to. Probably uh, spaghetti with, with just a, a marinara sauce. Mm. I, I just I don't do it very often, but I really enjoy when I have pasta. I, remember, I used to like it too. I, yeah. I can definitely dig it. I used to like lasagna a lot. Uh, yeah, and I do too. I love Italian food. Mm, me too, an Italian seasoning. Yeah, I went, uh, a friend of mine... Um, hey! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a friend of mine, uh, we went to eat. She said, well, where do you want to go? I had to go over there for something with her, and I said, you know, I, I bet it's been five, six years since I've been to Olive Garden. Mm. Me too, probably. Let's go to the Olive Garden. Hell no. <laughs> nope. Well, yeah, I'll go with you. So that's that's where we went. Oh, yeah. But that that's probably spaghetti. I do like. Have that you ever uh, have you seen the tools that they have now, where you can put like a zucchini or something like uh, into like these 
things that turn vegetables into pasta-like material? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to try that. Yeah, I haven't I, tried it either. I, I like, uh, a, a, one of my favorite things to eat and make is a sweet and sour chicken. Yeah. And I, like, it's always better. Like any, most Chinese food is always better with rice. You're on top of rice. Yeah. And instead of doing See, that. See, I don't have to cook anymore. You, you were an excuse to cook. And, and whatever I've cooked, if you like it, there's enough of it for you to take yeah. home. You must have, uh, you, you, I think you, you used to make some good food. Cause you, I, I kinda, can I you have smell like, anything? See, I don't have a sense of smell, and it, it takes away from your taste. Hmm. Uh, Does it? Have you yeah. noticed that with, e yeah. with eating? If you, uh, uh, food is a lot of visual mm. appealing. And smell. And your smell, too. Yeah, I think it yeah, definitely Can does. you smell anything cooking now? Well, you could have said yes, no. and it really smells good. <laughs> I did smell it earlier. I did smell it earlier. Did you? Yeah. It smells See, I good. can't. I can't. And, and that, of course, like I said, I just, I don't cook. I'll eat. Uh, I haven't had any, any dinner almost all this week. I'll eat cereal. Oh, God. Uh, oatmeal. I love oatmeal. Yeah. I'll eat that for dinner. I'll <laughs> eat, uh, I get commodities, and it's it's Cheerios, but it's not, uh, you know, with the sugar or anything in right. it. That's but good. and the milk, we get milk. Mm. Uh, if if I have to go get it, I won't go. I'll find something here right. to eat. Yeah. yeah. If I got a jar of peanut butter, if I go to prison for any reason at all, Steal please bring me some peanut butter, okay? I beg you. Sounds like it'll probably be over peanut butter. <laughs> Could be. We found her opening the peanut the butter in the store. The commodity peanut, butter, peanut butter is outstanding. Oh, I love peanut butter. It's got honey in it. And it's only like three grams of sugar. I know. I, I tried uh, making my own. That was pretty. Did that's you? actually way better. Uh, I didn't notice it. Uh, <clears throat> Too much eating it, it tastes around the same, but uh, when I put it in a uh, in my in my protein shakes, it was like a huge difference. The shake was way better. Yeah, it's like you just basically grind up peanuts. And this time we got honey. the Cheerios, but the uh, two times before I got wheat mm. cereal, but I had to stay at home when I ate it. Really? Oh <laughs> mm. uh, damn. But it was good, uh, and and the milk is, it when you get it, it of course it's off of a shelf. It's not ref once you open it, you have to refrigerate it. But it's it's real milk. It's one percent, and I've just gotten used to it and all that stuff. And you ever tried? Uh, you ever? Well, I guess uh, you're probably on like a budget with food. Have you have you ever tried coconut milk or almond milk or any of those milks? <laughs> nut milks. <laughs> uh, you know they couldn't name. <laughs> Have you heard the no uh, almond milk? They couldn't call it nut juice. <laughs> oh, God. That's why they call it almond uh, milk. <laughs> they people buy nut. They juice. do call it nut milk. <laughs> That's the worst. Oh, no, I haven't tried any of those. It's delicious. I just, I, I like my free commodity. I get two things of it. Oh, yeah. You uh, get a free, free milk? Yeah. Nice. Um, Can't beat that. Every uh, 
second Tuesday of every month, uh, and I've, I've never received it before uh, I moved here, but the things they give you are outstanding. That's awesome. It is. It really, really is. I can't, uh, I can't, I couldn't, I, I started to uh, realize that I couldn't afford coconut, coconut milk at one point. So what I did was uh, I just make, uh, I'll take half water and half milk and just cut it with water and just make. It's a good idea. Right? That works. Yeah. I've never been a big milk lover. I don't, I don't, wouldn't go to there and get a glass of milk. Sounds like you're now eating uh, oatmeal. You yeah. Get, you have, have you gotten into milk now with all your, your oatmeal? Yeah, That's yeah, but not a lot. Right. Uh, I love uh, cereals. I love oatmeal. When I got sick, it would be two weeks this coming Monday, all I could think about is my hospital food. You mm. know what your hospital food is for breakfast? What cream of wheat. Man, I uh, fixed myself uh, a big old bowl of cream of wheat and I was good. in heaven. Do you like cream of wheat? I used to. I love I it. I still like it, but I don't eat I it. I love cereals. Mm. I could live off of cereals. I'm probably good too. <laughs> if it had like meat in it. No. <laughs> no. Gotta have some kind of some kind of living animal to eat. <laughs> All right. Got one more question uh, planned. <laughs> Whatever word I was looking for. How many, uh, you said you had three brothers, right? Mm-hmm. How did that, uh, how did having three brothers and like always having like that close, uh, close family uh, affect affect how you looked at the world and how you live your life do you think like how did that help you um or what kind they of... were protective of me um we did a lot of they did a lot of sports things and of course kids then we played in neighborhoods and um if you had to choose, you know, sides, I always got chosen on their side. Mm. Um, they've turned out to be wonderful men, family people. That's awesome. Um, my brother, who I was closest to, Jimmy, he was a year younger, he's deceased. He died of uh, lung cancer. <clears throat> Um, we're, we're not real close family mm -hmm. as we've gotten older. And I think some of that was we all wanted to get out of the situation that we were in. But we talk on the phone if there's an anniversary or an event or something like that, we're always together. But we're not, we don't get to see each other a lot. But I couldn't have had better siblings than my three brothers. My love of sports, which is a lot, um, I, I got from them. Um, and I think it was the best thing for all of us because it was an outlet from the other situation. <clears throat> my mother and I were very, very close, 
and uh, Jimmy and I were always home together because they were out doing their sport thing, and uh, he had a, a, when he was in the sixth grade of school, you know, they were still drafting people then in the service, and um, he had a seizure. Um, he was on his way to school, and a young man had one of those big railroad ties, and he hit he threw it and hit Jimmy in the head well, when he went got to school and they had marble floors then in these schools he had a seizure and they classified it as an epileptic seizure and he he Red and Harold were you know athletic looking people mm-hmm. he was always very frail and uh, it, it kept him out of the service and things like that um but they were just they were just good brothers. Um, never had any problem. My parents never had a problem out of my brothers. They knew right from wrong. They knew how to say yes, ma'am, and no, sir. We were taught manners. Uh, we were taught uh, how to live as a family. We had chores, and my dad wasn't always there. It, it was a drain on all of us. It was an embarrassment to all of us. But I, to this day, marvel at how what wonderful men they have become. Oh, yeah. and, and in the situation, it could have turned out. And what a great really, person you turned into. Well, we did it together. Right. We, we wonder how we got through it, but we did it together right. with my mother. It seems like that would be the theme theme of this podcast would be togetherness and like the power power of that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really really good. I love uh, love having two brothers myself and enjoy those guys. And you you have cool. I've not been with them a lot, but the times that I have, mm-hmm. they're they're very nice young men. Yeah, very nice. Sure. That you can take credit for too. Yeah. They've had you. Right. That's been bit. a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I it's, try to try to be positive. You you do you do a lot with them. Mm-hmm. That's good. I try. But yeah, I uh, appreciate you taking time to speak to uh, speak it's to me. It's been so nice. Speak it's to been us. so easy. I hope this, yeah, I hope this goes out to a lot of people. I'm sure uh, uh, it, it will someday. Uh, eventually, it probably will because I'm gonna make an effort to put it out there. Uh, have you ever heard? Uh, you know, like the story behind the book, The Great Gatsby? Have you heard about that? No. This guy, I haven't read it. I, <clears throat> I heard it, another podcast that I listened to was talking about it. Uh, How do you get on the podcast? Get on the podcast? How do you find you, them and listen to them? Yeah. On iTunes. But I'm a, a member of iTunes. Yeah, check <laughs> it out. Look, uh, look, look on the iTunes store. Okay. And then... Uh, that's how I get my books. And there'll be like category, like books, audio books, music, everything. And then yeah. there'll be one that says podcast. You click on that one and whole world. Yeah, I get my books whole through world of podcasts, or do you? A lot of them free. Really? That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I've, I've, well, I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, they, they were talking about this book called The Great Gatsby. And it was really interesting because uh, I never read the book, but uh, the guy, this guy wrote this book about uh, a gangster who went through life and I guess he dies at the end or something like that uh, but they, they made it, it had like all these parallels and like uh, different meanings 
within it, I guess. You could, like, refl- uh, like it relates to a lot of other things in, like, life in general through reading the book. And he, the, the crazy part of this whole story is that he uh, died uh, believing that his, like, life's work and everything was a failure because nobody ever, um, nobody ever got his book uh, I think there was like some poor reviews. Uh, a couple people read it and put like horrible reviews in the paper, and he had to like. There was still when when uh, when his book became popular, like however many years after he died, the book did so poorly that there were still copies from the original release that they were able to sell those when it was really? when it got popular. It was like really interesting. So it's like even if uh, even if what you're doing seems futile and pointless, you never know, you know? Could be one day, that if this, you know, if I keep, if you keep, keep your, keep it preserved and keep it fresh and keep your passion alive, mm-hmm. you never know somebody in like 20, 30 could pick it up and might use it, you know? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, do you want to know what I wanted to be when I grew up? Yeah. When I grow up. That would have been a good question to ask. Right now, I want to be like a lady in this building. I want to, when I grow up, I want to be like her. She's 97. Whoa. You talk about (laughs) somebody that moves and and stays active. Right. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to be a photojournalist. I couldn't spell and I couldn't read. Mm. But the idiot wanted to be a photojournalist. <laughs> <laughs> I love taking the pictures right. and, and, and uh, uh, the word. I really enjoy reading the word and, and being a part of it. Yeah. So. I like I, it. I like uh, like the photography. Yeah, it was good. I had a little brownie camera. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. And my two rows. Oh, I did carrots too. I did uh, radishes, lettuce, carrots. I don't know why I keep thinking I I didn't do potatoes, but I always had my two rows of my garden every spring. Is a sweet potatoes your favorite vegetable, or is what's your favorite vegetable? Um, I love sweet potatoes because they are the most nutritious vegetable you can eat. And they taste like candy. Did you know that? I didn't know that. You told me that, or I did know that. I didn't you're, know that when having, you told me. You're having sweet... Do you like sweet potatoes? I just ate one yesterday. You're going to have them again today? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Hope, it's been uh, my pleasure. Yeah. I Thank hope you. everybody... You, uh, you've uh, exposed me to something new, too. Cool. Thank you've, you. You've, I think you've probably opened other people's eyes as well. Okay. I hope uh, everybody enjoys it. And, uh, yeah, check out the Facebook page. Keep, uh, keep on it. And... Uh, We'll have somebody have somebody new eventually because you know okay. balance and time. All right. Thank you guys. That was Mama B. Awesome person. Super healthy. Be like her. Enjoy life and be positive and love each other and take care of your family. Peace.